You're listening to Perry Noble's thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. You can find Perry online at perrynoble.com. Hello and welcome to the October 2013 edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Woohoo! My name's Shane. I'll be our host today. And before we get into today's topic, I want to remind everybody of a couple of things we've got out there for you we'd love for you to be a part of. Next year, Perry is going to lead a trip to Israel. You do not have to be a part of our church or a member of our church uh, to go on this. Anybody who wants to go can go to newspring.cc and click on the Israel trips and sign up for it. It's next year, March 27th through April 4th. I have been on this trip and it is awesome. It will change your life. So if you've ever wanted to go, there's no better time than to go next March uh, with Perry. He'll be preaching on site at several locations. You'll see so many things. It makes the Bible come to life. You do not want to miss that. Again, newspring.cc. Click on Israel Trips. You'll find all the information you need for that. And one other thing before we get into today's topic, uh, we have an a Unleashing Your Leadership conference coming up uh, in November. That's November 12th through the 14th. That's this year. Now, this is a limited um, uh, conference. We only have about 50 or 60 people are allowed to come to this because we want to make sure that you get your questions answered. It's a real intimate setting where Perry does leadership coaching. By candlelight. It's unbelievable. It's incredibly yeah. intimate. Sometimes we yeah. do candlelight. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, but there's uh, less than 15 spots at the time of this recording, so you want to make sure you check that out at unleash.cc. Uh, again, it's called Unleashing Your Leadership. It's direct leadership coaching by uh, Perry Noble, and it's for anybody in any leadership position, uh, but it's geared towards specifically uh, senior pastors. So if you're a senior pastor or senior leader, uh, you want to lock into that, but anybody at any leadership level will get so much out of it. It is great. Perry, you want to say anything about the Israel trip or the Unleashing Your Leadership before we move on? I do. First of all, Israel, if you are a church leader um, and you want to go with us, I've had so many people tell me, oh my gosh, Israel's a bucket list. Israel's a bucket list. Israel's a bucket list. I've had so many people tell me that. Okay, well, you don't know when you're kicking your bucket, so go ahead and get signed up for that trip. If, if you want to do it, why not just do it? I'm yeah. telling you, it really does take your Bible teaching and your Bible knowledge to the next level. And as far as unleashing your leadership, I found out the other week <clears throat> or two weeks ago that we had one pastor that he's coming, and I think he's bringing four wow. staff members with him. So he's not just investing in his leadership. He's bringing his leadership team, so they're going to be able to take what they're um, getting back and apply it at their church. And I'm telling you, if you're a senior pastor and you can um, bring someone with you, a key volunteer or another staff member, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it will help you and your entire church move forward in in what Jesus has called you to do. No doubt that that leadership coaching is a game changer. We've been doing it for several years, and we heard hear testimony after testimony from church leader after church leader how it radically changed and improved uh, their church, their leadership, and helped them uh, continue to grow. So you do not want to miss that. Again, there's just a few spots left, so go to unleash.cc and check that out right away. Well, with that, we'll transition into today's topic. And Perry, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare today. I love that, man. I love that this is the October edition. That's right. Halloween. Cue the Halloween music. Ooh, that sounded like Star Trek. That was my bad. But <laughs> yeah, spiritual warfare, Halloween. Yeah. I like how I, I see what you did there. That's good. No better time than that. Let me just say this as we get into it. You know, leadership in general is a challenge, and church leadership is no exception. 
one of the things that many leaders face, but something that really isn't talked about a whole lot, is spiritual warfare. And, and when I say spiritual warfare, I'm meaning the spiritual, literal spiritual opposition anyone can face when trying to follow God's call in work and in leadership. So today we want to talk about that and offer some suggestions on how to win that battle. So Perry, let me just jump in with the first question. Um, how do you define spiritual warfare? Well, you know, it, that, I could answer that question um, quickly, but this is a podcast, and so what would the point of that be? Um, Take your time. That spiritual, spiritual warfare, here's the short answer. It's anything that takes your eyes off of what Jesus called you to do or who Jesus is. Um, that, that's what spiritual warfare is. All too often in the church, we think sport, spiritual warfare is you know demons jumping out of closets or angels you know coming to us in the middle of the night, and that probably means that's probably not spiritual warfare. It means we got into the communion wine. Um, at, seriously, at, spiritual warfare is anything that distracts us from what Jesus has called us to do or anything that takes our eyes off of Jesus. That really is um, spiritual warfare. That's a great definition. You know, as you're saying that, I'm reminded of the fact that, uh, you know, the devil appears as an angel of light often, and it's the little things that don't necessarily seem horrible that can distract us. It right. can be the crazy, demonic kind of... Uh, awful things that can happen in any of our lives, but sometimes it's the simple things. Yep. Has that ever happened to you? Absolutely. Um, the thing I've discovered about spiritual warfare, for a leader, it happens like this. You're getting ready to go into a leadership meeting in about, let's say, 30 minutes to an hour. So you're getting ready, and you're meeting with your leadership team, or you're meeting with another team, or in some churches, a committee, um, and about an hour before that, you you start thinking about one person in that meeting in particular. And for some reason, um, you start having maybe negative emotions or negative feelings toward that person. And you start thinking about an argument that you've had in the past, or you start thinking about maybe something that you need to confront him or her about in the meeting. And then over and over, you start um, literally rehearsing mm -hmm arguments that you could have with this person. And by the way, you always win. You always win in these scenarios. At least I always do. I've never lost an argument in my mind. I've lost pl plenty of them um, with my <laughs> wife. But in my mind, I always won right before the argument started. So you're getting ill at that person, and a lot of people don't understand that that is spiritual warfare. If the enemy can get you mad at people in the meeting before you get to the meeting, there's really no use in having the meeting. Well, that's great, and that's happened to us all, for sure. Every one of us. Um, why do you think God allows spiritual warfare to exist? So we can fully depend on Him. Um, we, we have an enemy. I mean, he, He's legit, and He's real, and God could stop it all, um, but we've all heard that. If God wiped out all evil in the world, He'd have to wipe out the world. So I think God allows it to exist so we can learn to depend on Him. Uh, let me ask you this. Is every leadership challenge spiritual warfare? Yes and no. Meaning, um, let's say that a church is doing um, a, a, a building campaign. Let's just, okay, because we, we're going through a building campaign right now. Let's say a church is doing a building campaign, and they set their dollar amount at X, and they don't hit their dollar amount. Well, 
a church could blame that on the devil. Well, it's just the devil. It's just the devil. Or it could be that the church did not do a great job of explaining to the church what they were doing. So the spiritual warfare wasn't the devil opposed Commitment Sunday. The spiritual warfare was laziness in the leadership and not doing what they were supposed to do. Shane, you you and I have talked about this for for years. Um, when a church service goes bad and people go, well, that's spiritual warfare. Well, I've been a pastor now for 13 years. I've seen church services go bad, and it was legitimately something that could not be explained in the natural. I've seen that. However, in most instances, the the thing that goes bad was something that wasn't communicated. It was something that wasn't uh, prepared for. And we prayed, but if you pray but you don't prepare and plan, you're going to experience spiritual warfare. But the spiritual warfare isn't the angels and demons are fighting over it. The, the spiritual warfare is we didn't plan and we didn't prepare. You got the three Ps, plan, or pray, plan, and prepare. And if you don't do all threes, it, it is spiritual warfare. That's right. Uh, you know, something that just went through my mind, too, it's sometimes it's a matter of stewardship, not spiritual warfare. Exactly. Um, what are some battles you've faced over the years? Well, a couple of the ones that I've, I'm, I'm kind of uh, talk about a lot is the battle with, with critics and um, people. Whether, listen, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter in ministry what you do. If you do anything listen to me, anything positive or for the kingdom, you're going to have critics. You're going to have people that disagree with you. You're going to have people that don't like you. Um, They don't even know you, but they don't like you. They don't like what you do. They don't like what you stand for. And you've got to be okay with that. You know, I just read, I'm reading through the Old Testament. Anybody that did anything significant for God had a group or groups of people that did not like them. And at first, I couldn't handle that because um, I like me, and I think I'm a good guy, right? And I couldn't, I couldn't understand why, why people didn't like me. And in my mind, I used to think, well, if I could just sit down with them, if I could just talk to them, and I could just reason with them. But then, after reading through the Gospels one time, I realized not even Jesus could reason with his critics. Um, and so my battle with critics for years, I just thought, oh my gosh, I either need to fight them or I need to win them over. And neither is true. You, you, don't win, you don't win anything. Listen to me. The internet, the internet is a cesspool for spiritual warfare yeah. because anytime you engage someone online, it's going to go bad, whether it's through email, whether it's through Twitter, whether it's through Facebook, you're not going to be able to resolve a conflict. It has to be face-to-face communication. Um, and so that's one of the battles that I've gone through in, in spiritual warfare. I've actually dealt with anxiety, depression, fear. Um, a lot of that is spiritual warfare. Um, and then, honestly, Shane, the, the biggest spiritual battles I fight in my mind are what I was talking to you about earlier. I'm getting ready to go into a meeting, and for some reason, I'm getting mad. You know, you know what else spiritual warfare is? You know what I've discovered, and I've discovered this the hard way, and I'm horrible at it. In a meeting, interrupting someone many times is spiritual warfare. And 
a lot of guys don't like to think about that, or a lot of ladies don't like to think about that. But if I'm constantly interrupting, you know what I'm not doing? I'm not listening. Uh, or the only reason I'm listening is so they can pause so I can get my jab in or get my shot in. That's as much as spiritual warfare as anything else. And it works it, it, it works itself out in a leadership meeting that way. And we go, well, that's just who I am. That's just my personality. Well, that, that's, that's horrible. You need to get that fixed. If you broke your ankle, you wouldn't drag your broke ankle around forever going, well, that's just how I am. That's my personality. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where um, spiritual warfare will cause you to think that you're the smartest person in the room mm. on a consistent basis. That's good. I mean, you're talking about how we face uh, spiritual battles uh, in all sorts of ways, but also we can actually be part of the spiritual battle when it comes to the people we're around, the leadership team we serve on or the people we work with. So we've got to be on guard for that as well. As a leader, you're called to love the people you lead. And anything that causes you to not love the people you lead is spiritual warfare. That's good. That's real good. Um, well, let me ask you this. In those times, whether it was critics or, um, you know, battle with anxiety or depression um, or whatever else, getting off focus during a meeting, how did that impact your ability to lead? What are some of the downsides you've experienced to falling victim to that? So I would find, let's say, um, and when I first started dealing with, criticism, and I, I think all the way back to 2007 is when I had my toughest battle with it. I would find something online that somebody said something about me, somebody said something about our church, somebody said something about a sermon I preached, and I would get angry. And I would walk out of my office and walk down the hall and walk into all my leadership team's office and say, did you see what this guy said? And so then everybody's pulling up on their computer. Well, for the next hour, everybody's walking around the office showing everybody what one person said who had 14 people that came to their website. And I, all by myself, distracted the entire organization for an hour because I got them all focused of what Jesus called them to do, and I put their eyes on, on something that they didn't really need to even spend five seconds thinking about. But at the end of the day, it was my fault, because I was like, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this, and I distracted the entire organization. I mean, that 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 definitely hindered my ability to lead. Another thing is, when I went through anxiety and when I went through my depression, um, I would go into meetings where there would be a wrong decision, I felt, that was about to be made, maybe a wrong hire, maybe a wrong directional decision, but I was so tired and so stressed out and so just let me get through this meeting that I wouldn't say anything. And then three or six months later, it would come back and bite me in the rear end, and I'd be like, you know, if I would have just kind of sucked it up and, and pushed through that anxiety or pushed through that fear of everybody in this room is not going to like me, um, I think we could have avoided this. And that's another big thing in spiritual warfare, Shane. In a leadership meeting, the only reason you're around the table is to help make the best decision. And if you can't help make the best decision, you don't need a seat at the table. And so if you feel that something is being said or something is being done that's not the best decision and you don't speak up because you're scared, that's spiritual warfare. That's good. You know, I think that's a good reminder to all the leaders out there, especially if you're the key leader or the point leader, 
you've got to set up an environment yep. that people know it's okay to say what you think. You know, inside the walls of a meeting room, you can be each other's toughest critics, so to speak, yep. at the table. But when you walk out, you know, you've got to be each other's champions. But if a leader, the leader doesn't set that up, then you're just asking for that sort of thing to happen. Well, I've always said in correction is correction and coaching is always acceptable. Criticism is when you come after someone and you're not trying to resolve something. You're trying to tear somebody down. You're trying to rip them apart. But correction is what we have around our leadership table. And it's, um, I've told you guys, don't let me make a bad leadership decision. Even if I'm pushing as hard as possible, you guys feel like it's not the right decision. I've got to hear from y'all because you, I mean, for now, I've, I've been doing this now for 13 years as a senior pastor. Anytime you guys push back on me, I stop and listen. I feel like I've done that for 13 years, and I feel like our church has been blessed. But Some of the greatest decisions that have never been made in this church is because we have an environment of correction around the table. And it's not because I'm stupid. It's just maybe I, maybe I don't know something. Maybe there's some information I don't know. Maybe there's a situation that I'm not aware of. And that's why it takes more than one person to make great decisions for an organization. But coming back to the whole spiritual warfare thing, the enemy wants leaders to think you're the smartest person, you're anointed. Oh, my gosh, the anointed thing. You're, you know what you're doing? You're anointed to listen. That's what you're anointed to do. But you're the smartest person. You're anointed. Nobody knows what you know. Um, and it, it's a big, humongous trap if you fall into it. That's real good. You know, Perry, one of the things you've let us in is we quit a long time ago trying to, you know, reach a consensus and we fight for unity. And one of the ways we uh, avoid bad decisions is we're okay waiting. If not, if everybody at the table doesn't agree, we just trust that the Holy Spirit will move one or several of us into the same direction because the Spirit's not trying to cause confusion. Spiritual warfare is confusion. Yep. And uh, if you're the you know if you're the strongest man at the table, or strongest lady at the table, and you just put your fist down and say this is what we're going to do, you might very well be falling victim to spiritual warfare. That's what the devil did. That's exactly right. Isaiah 14, he was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm tired of being second in charge up here, and this is what I'm going to do. It didn't go well for him. did not go well. did not go well. Don't want to, don't want to follow his Mm-mm. lead. Uh, well, let me ask you this. How did you begin to fight this battle, and uh, what are some j- suggestions you can give our listeners so that might help them fight the battle? Okay, well, I can speak to the specific battles I went through. Um, like The battle with, with criticism is you just stop focusing on it. Um, when you allow people that know you the least to define you the most, you're always going to be in a state of worry and anxiety and fear. And you find yourself going to their Twitter or going to their Facebook or going to their blogs to find out what they said about you, and they don't know you. And it's so amazing. There are leaders right now listening, and they have a spouse that loves them. They have a child that loves them. But somebody that lives four states away that has no idea what they're who they are, will say something bad about their message, and it bothers them. And you have to come to the point where you're like, you know what? The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, that no weapon formed against me will prosper. So I've got to trust if I'm focusing on the Lord that he's going to handle. And you know what? And if something in my life needs to be corrected, I've got to trust that I've placed myself in the right environments so that they may correct me. Um, and that's a, that's a great way with a person struggling with, fear and anxiety and worry, you got to tell somebody. I don't care where you are as a leader or on a leadership team, you've got to tell somebody. 
And then, I mean, I've talked about it on this podcast before, but if you're a pastor, senior leader in a church, and you need counseling, and by the way, guys, we all need it. Um, John Walker at the Blessing Ranch in Colorado, and you can just Google the Blessing Ranch. Um, and and it, I'm telling you, there's nobody better on the planet that knows the world of pastors and people in ministry than than John Walker. And I cannot recommend him highly enough. I mean, he he literally, God allowing him to come into my life saved my life and my ministry. So I'm telling you, he's a big deal. Yes, no doubt about that. You know, I'm reading a book that our good friend Jeff Henderson gave us, this little Devo book, and one of the chapters in there says our feelings follow our focus. That's true. And so if we focus on negative things or spiritual battles, then that's how we're going to feel. If we focus on the blessings in God's life, we'll start to feel better about it. Um, Let me ask you this. Is this battle over for you? No. um, Is the battle ever over for anyone? No, it's not. I mean, as leaders, we're constantly going to face spiritual warfare. The trick is, once again, I'll go back to this as a leader, is are there weird, demonic, supernatural things that happen that we can't explain? Yes. And I've got story upon story upon story that um, I usually don't talk about because it attracts everybody that's got a weird story, and that's weird. Um, It's the natural things that you got to watch. It's the, you know, am I drifting away from the Lord? Am I getting angry at one particular person? Do you find yourself, okay, if you've had two or three meetings where you've had an intense conversation in the meeting with one person in particular, um, you need to go have a sit-down conversation with that person because something's not right there. And if you don't fix what's broken, it's going to be a problem. Listen, that's spiritual warfare when you go, well, I'm not talking to them. they got to come talk to me. Well, okay, that was awesome in the first grade, but we're, we're leaders, and we've got to seize the opportunity to make sure. Um, we, we, we say it around here all the time, keep short accounts. Yep. You've got to keep short accounts. Yep, don't give uh, the devil a foothold in that. Well, how can a leader, uh, maybe who's not going through that at the time, but know someone on their team is, how can a leader help someone on their team deal with this? If you're a leader and you see someone going through something that's intense, um, you got to encourage them and tell them it's okay to talk about it, that they're not weird, that they're not, um, they're not bizarre. And, and here's the other thing, and I've learned this as a leader, Shane. You've got to understand at a leadership table, when you're sitting around a table with someone, no matter how well you think you know those people, there's stuff going on in their life that you don't know about. What you cannot see is 90% of their life. You can only see the 10%. So you cannot judge them on the 10%. So you might be getting ill at someone at the table because you perceive they're not dialed into the meeting. But they may have um, uh, they may have a kid that's going off the deep end, and they haven't felt comfortable enough for some reason to bring it up at the table. They may have a marriage that's struggling. They may have an aging parent that they're having to take care of. They may have just gotten a bill in the mail that they're absolutely freaked out about. And, and they don't want to talk about it in a leadership meeting, but they can't disconnect from what's going on in the 90% that you cannot see. So you got to know that everybody around that table has thoughts, they have feelings, they have emotions, and something's going on in their life. And if something seems a little off, the temptation around a leadership table is to, in your mind, attack that person, get mad at that person, but you got to care more about who they're becoming than what they're doing and actually um, engage them in a conversation. No, that's real good. 
Um, are there anything or is there anything that we can do proactively to avoid this battle uh, or at least keep it from overwhelming us? You got There's a, Yeah, there's a couple things you can do. Number one, you've got to recognize what spiritual warfare is. So once again, if, if you're constantly having negative thoughts towards people, and we've, we've talked about that a lot. Um, the, the other thing, I mean, we could do all kinds, you know, pray, you know, read your Bible, pray and read your Bible, read your Bible and pray, listen to you know, worship music, all that stuff. All that stuff is great. The battle is for the mind. The Bible says we got to take every thought captive in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, I think. Uh, every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So you got re- you got to recognize that, and then you got to understand that everything that happens, everything that happens in an organization, whether you want to admit it or not, is spiritual. Sometimes it's the devil, and sometimes it's us under the devil's influence and being lazy and not doing what God's called us to do. That's good. Um all right, with that, Perry, uh, I'll just add this. I had an old preacher one time that said, if you don't run into the devil every day, you must be going the same direction he is. Oh, that'll preach. And so uh, you know, we're all going to face spiritual battles of all kinds, like you've talked about today. But before we sign off, I'd love to give you an opportunity just to share some final thoughts on this subject. Um, I'll go back to the three Ps. Definitely pray, definitely plan, and definitely prepare. I've been in churches, Shane, where you, you get up and— the, the pastor will say, well, you know, well, God changed my message last night. And sometimes he did. And sometimes that's pastor code for haven't studied all week. And then the message will go bad and, well, well the devil was really against me. No, you didn't prepare. That, it wasn't, it was, the, the devil was against you, but he was against you all week when you um, chose to minister to the Green family all afternoon. That's golf, by the way, for those of y'all that didn't know the Green family. See what I did there? That was good, that's wasn't good. it? Um, but you, you chose to be lazy, so you got to practice those three Ps: pray, plan, and prepare. Um, and then you got to constantly recognize what spiritual warfare is. You know, the temptation to get mad, the temptation to get ill, the temptation to get angry, the temptation to feel alone. And you got to do whatever it takes to fight against it. That's good. Well, hope you guys enjoyed uh, this edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Uh, again, don't forget the Israel trip and the unleashing your leadership at unleash.cc or newspring.cc, and we will see you guys next time.